in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello and welcome to another solo episode where I want to review all the conversations that I had this week on Instagram. First of all, let me tell you about my love-hate relationship with Instagram. Um, It started really lovely when I first began posting about divorce. It's actually what kind of got my business off the ground. Um, I didn't think about having a business. I just wanted to have a place to let people know that there was a different way to do divorce based on my experience. And then as I was sharing uh, my findings and the books that helped me, the coaches that helped me, then people started asking for advice, for guidance, and eventually for me to be their coach. So from that point of view, I absolutely loved Instagram. It was my place to express myself, find my tribe, and also find some of my most amazing girlfriends right now. Um, I actually met them through things as simple as hashtags or comments or, you know, groups on Instagram where we're following the same people. So from that point of view, absolutely love the connectivity and ways of expressing creativity that Instagram provides us. But on the other hand, I absolutely despise the real trend. And mostly because I didn't think it was original. I really didn't like the idea of just copying the same concept over and over. And I really didn't like the the time-consuming aspect of it. Uh, Creating reels is not just, oh, I'm just going to turn my camera on and talk. And ultimately, I didn't think that it served any purpose. To me, it was very much about copycatting and just repeating the trends. So I disconnected from Instagram for about... I don't know, six months, I was rarely going in to check what was going on. And I definitely wasn't posting. But there seems to be a change. I don't know if it's based on the algorithm or people just really getting tired of seeing the same videos and the same pointing, dancing and nonsense. And now we're going back to the static posts. We're going back to pictures, to quotes, to longer captions. So I am showing up again. And I wanted to give you this little background because I had a lot of stories about me not being consistent showing up, me disconnecting from the the place that pretty much was the origins of my uh, coaching business and now the Holistic Divorce Coaching Certification Program. So I wanted to let you know that it wasn't easy to get to the point where now I can send quotes again and posts and pictures and get excited about hearing from people and sharing our stories. But I'm there now. And there is no moral on this little preamble. It's just letting you know that sometimes you just got to step away from things if they are not aligning with you. And then you can go back if you realize with your, with your values. And this week, I mean, not this week, last week, I posted three quotes and 
they got a little bit of traction in the sense that they start conversations with people who are following me. And I absolutely love seeing how my content is received and what it inspires you to do or what it triggers you <laughs> into not doing. So if you're hearing this and you think that sometimes you send comments and they go nowhere, please know that that's not my account. If you interact with me, I will reply. I will engage. I love sending audios. I love it when you guys share with me where you are in your process of divorce, in your process of life, when you're walking into your next great chapter from my podcast, whatever it is, just share it. And what I want to do in this podcast today is to reflect back what other people have been commenting. So let's go back to the first um, post that I put up and it's, it said, I don't believe in it happened for a reason, but it happened for a lesson. And that one got a lot of support, I think, because we're all kind of tired of asking them, why is this happening to me? Why? Why this person is acting like a donkey? And why am I not getting the promotion and all the other whys? And the way that I explained it on the quote was, there is really no purpose in asking why about the past. The past is what it is. It was an experience. And if you can shift your perspective from the kind of victim mentality of why is this happening to me to what we always hear in the coaching and spiritual circles of what is this for? What is the lesson? What is this trying to teach me? You remove a crazy amount of suffering, just the suffering that inevitably occurs from why is this happening to me? And the answer is an injustice, is that this shouldn't be happening to me. And every time that you throw a should or shouldn't, you're going to be dealing with the emotion of guilt and shame. So when you remove that question of the why, followed by something in the past, and instead you look for the, what is the lesson here? What is the universe, source, God, whatever you want to call it, trying to ask me to pay attention to? And I am a firm believer that this life we, we call life is just a video game that we go from one level to the next. And we ask for those levels to get increasingly more advanced. Some of us don't. Some of us say, okay, I'm good at this level. I'll stay here. Some of us ask for more challenges, more difficulties to move us into the next level because we find a lot of satisfaction in getting to the next level. But we also have to understand that in order to get there, we have to go through the pain, the discomfort, the insecurity that is created when you don't know what you're doing to get to that level. So for me, it's very important that if you're going to ask the why, you ask about why you're going to do something, you're going to engage with someone, you're going to participate in whatever new activity you're thinking about. That is the time to go with it. Why am I doing this? Why? What, what is here? Why, what is my value attached to this desire? That's the only time that I will entertain the idea of why. Because I think it's very clear that we need to know if we are in alignment with whatever we are about to embark on. And if we're not, then we better find out before we get invested in it. We humans are very funny creatures. And the minute that we have invested either time, money, or emotional connection, into a person, a venture, even a, an inanimate object, we feel so attached to it. We create an attachment and it becomes very hard for us to let go unless 
you have accepted the curriculum of surrender and non-controlling, non-attachment and letting go, you will have a really hard time understanding that some things were meant to happen, but we didn't engage in them because we didn't ask that crucial, vital question of why do I want to do this? So very often we find ourselves in situations, circumstances, and scenarios that really do not serve us. And then we start asking the, why is this happening to me? When in reality, we should have asked before we got engaged into it, why do I wanna be, be part of this? So that was an interesting conversation that was sparked with some of you. And again, I loved when you guys were commenting on why um, that resonated with you. The next one that I posted is the quote that says, may you accomplish all the shit that needs to be done and feel peace about the shit that does not need to be done today. And that one was a text that I sent to a friend who was letting me know that she was feeling overwhelmed and that she's growing an empire and she doesn't have a lot of guidance. She doesn't have a lot of mentorship. She's figuring it out on her own pretty much. And with that comes this overwhelm, this sense of there are too many things that need to be done and I am the only one doing them. How do I move forward? So when I sent her that, I actually looked at my to-do list and I have also this relationship with my to-do list where it's, it's very cherished in the sense that I am very happy when I can plan my day, my week. I usually plan my weeks in advance and I love then going into each day. I love having a structure that is on my list. I love seeing what needs to be done. I also get a lot of satisfaction and pride out of crossing things out. It makes me feel like I was productive. And in our society, that's been hammering to our brains that we need to be productive in order to be valuable. So a part of my programming and a huge part of my ego gets so satisfied when I'm like, okay, guys, I'm, I'm going along with the program here. And at the same time, I have that relationship where I get to the Friday and Fridays, I don't work. That's my Aloha Friday. It's my day to connect to myself and get ready for the weekend with my family so I can serve from a overflowing cup. And that's the time when I look back at my list and there are things that didn't get done. Very rarely, I cross everything off the list. And my work, especially the last couple of years since I've been more devoted to my spiritual practice has been to, again, let go of the feeling of shame and resentment and I didn't do enough, I procrastinated and just very unemotionally look at what got done, celebrate it, look at what didn't get done, maybe question why it didn't get done and see if there is any blockages, any limiting beliefs that are making me go like, oh, I don't want to tackle that one. And then I work on that Friday on my relationship to those tasks that didn't get done. And I try to remove those blocks. So I'm not doing productive work, quotation marks, but I'm doing the, the emotional and spiritual work in order for those tasks to be completed the following week. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's an exercise on discipline to know that I will get as much done as I possibly can without sacrificing my mental health, which is a priority for me. And I invite you to maybe look into whether this is a priority for you as well. And if not, why not? And whether you would like to start shifting it up the ladder of your priorities because mental health 
is the only mental and physical health is the only wealth that we really possess. Everything else is just temporary transactional. It's money that comes in, money that goes out. Very, very not attached to our body and mind. So for me, it's very important that the list gets as far as it can be done. And then I can release with peace the parts that didn't get done. I know that they will go on to Monday or the following week. But I know that a lot of us are struggling with this. I struggle a lot with overwhelm that led to burnout, that led to adrenal fatigue, that led to just complete, I'm not doing this anymore. And that definitely happened when I was owning the restaurants. And imagine at one point we had the one full-time restaurant in Maui that was running 365 days. And then we also had the two restaurants in the Hamptons that were, even though they were running in the summer, when they were open in the summer, and by summer, I mean almost like six months because we were from before Memorial Day weekend to after Labor Day. That was a lot of intense hard work. <laughs> it was absolute madness. And I just kept going and I kept doing things and I kept pushing myself harder until I pretty much collapsed. And that was the time when my marriage pretty much got its completion notice. And um, and that's when I really had to start doing a lot of the spiritual work to be like, I can't do this for another 40 years. So a lot of the coaching that I got at the time and then through my own certifications, through my own work, revolves a lot around giving myself that grace and that compassion. And surprisingly enough, I end up doing a lot more than I could have done using that kind of abusive behavior towards myself of you gotta keep going, you gotta keep producing, you gotta keep making your empire bigger. At one point it almost felt like I was making my empire smaller, but I was just making it more efficient. So after working my butt off for over 15 years in the restaurant industry, I was able to completely substitute that income on four hour work weeks. I kid you not. I was doing four hour work weeks. And now I'm in a time when I am working more hours, but I still protect very much the time with my family, time for myself, for my self-care. And I am doing more work because I'm laying the foundations for the Holistic Divorce Institute, which is going to be a whole movement. So that requires a little bit more of my energy. But knowing that I have the mental health protective systems in place, I don't feel like I'm going to fall again into adrenal exhaustion and pretty much nervous breakdown again. And then the last one, um, I posted a reel and it was the second part on a reel talking about narcissists and divorce. So for those of you that don't know, I am a holistic divorce coach. Um, I created the Holistic Divorce Institute to train other people to become holistic divorce coaches. So a lot of my coaching practice is around people either going through divorce or thinking about divorce. And I also work with people who have already completed their divorce, but there is that leftover trauma that we are working on processing and releasing. But a lot of what I've been approached to do and talk about has been narcissistic abuse during marriage and during the divorce process. And for full transparency, it's been up until recently that I have refused to speak about it. And the reason behind, 
I hope that you don't take offense on it, but it was because I didn't want to attract that, that section of the population that was dealing with narcissists, not because I had any, I don't know what the word will be, like any rejection towards the circumstance, but because I didn't feel qualified. And I still, to this day, I, I'm not qualified to guide someone through narcissistic abuse or the divorce process with a high-conflict narcissistic partner. I really believe that there are plenty of incredible professionals, and I'm more than happy to direct you to them, that can hold you in that space. But that's not my specialty. So I haven't talked about it. But again, thanks to your suggestions and thanks to your feedback, there are some of you out there that want to hear my perspective on it. So in this reel, uh, that was a continuation of another reel that I posted the week before, I was saying that, again, without claiming to be an expert, what I have seen in working with people who didn't have um, partners that had been diagnosed as narcissistic personalities, but they suspected or they had some of the traits or a lot of the traits. And um, there, there is this pattern creation where the narcissists create the patterns that they use to exercise their, ab their abuse on their victims. And what I was saying on those reels was that what I like working with my clients in is in, first of all, the awareness of identifying what those patterns are. And second, the disruption of that pattern in a safe and effective manner. And this is the part where I, I say, you have to really be aware of who you're dealing with because some of these narcissistic personalities, there is not a safe way of disrupting the pattern. And that's the part where I say, please go and find a full-on professional. But if you feel like your safety is not compromised, then yes, identifying the pattern and disrupting it in a way that starts disabling the power from the narcissist is something that has worked really, really well with my clients. And again, I really want to say they weren't in fully narcissistic relationships. Their partners just had those traits at times. And, and, in, the, and in the real, that's what I was saying. I was saying like, I'm just planting the seeds that there is a way out if it's not this full-on narcissistic uh, pattern abuse. I was actually watching at the same time a series on Netflix called Dirty John, which apparently has been on for a while, but I just found it. And um, that was a perfect example of, I mean, that wasn't even just narcissists. That was abusive, manipulative. There was um, financial scamming and um, everything. I mean, it was just taken to the max, but it was the the way that one woman tried to detach herself from, from these narcissistic attacks and how difficult it was. So, so I really want to say from the bottom of my heart, please don't ever feel like you're inadequate or you, you should be ashamed of having fallen into this trap or pattern. It's, it's a legit um, problem that we have in relationships. And if you are in that situation, all that I can say is find the help that can really assist you in identifying those patterns, disrupting them, and hopefully getting you out of that situation, if that's what you want. Because again, it's not our place 
neither as coaches, friends, or relatives to tell another human what they need to do. But if they want our help, and this is something that is beyond our scope, then know that there are plenty of professionals and I am always more than happy to recommend others in the industry. So I just wanted to reflect all this back to you because sometimes I feel like I put the content down there and then the magic actually happens through your comments, your interactions, your DMs. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of you like to keep your privacy. You don't like being seen, you know, commenting on a divorce account. Um, that's why I switched the name from Divorce for Love to my name, Olga Nadal. So it wasn't as in your face, but I know that a lot of you don't even want to follow my account because you don't want to have any any way of linking where you are in that thinking about divorce or maybe even starting it with the world knowing about it. And, and I totally respect that, but I love that you still send me the DMs and I wanted this to be an opportunity for me to share your wisdom and, and the reactions to the, to the work that I'm putting out there. So if you don't follow my Instagram, please do. It's Olga Nadal. It's olga.nadal.hdi. HDI stands for Holistic Divorce Institute. And I'll put it on the notes so you can find it here. But follow me there because like I said, every week now I'm going to be putting more content, more reels, more quotes, and just trying to make sure that whatever you're going through, at one point or another, I'm going to talk about. And then when that's, <laughs> when you hear that call, when you go like, oh my God, this is me, comment, talk to me, send me a DM and let me know how that made you feel, what that made you think. Uh, like I said, whether it trigger you, whether it inspire you, whether it made you feel some power. And I, I promise I'll keep creating content to try and, and guide you. And, and we're all in this together. I know that sentence was quite kind of overused for the last two years. But I still believe that we can help each other by sharing our ideas, our stories, what we went through. And, and that's what I'm doing in my Instagram, in my podcast, and in my newsletter. So hope that this was helpful. Let me know. Send me an email. Send me a DM. And I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.